Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. And welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined as always by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how are you doing on this fine morning? Good morning, Japan! <laughs> uh, Chris, where are you right now? Are you in Tokyo? Are you in Sendai? Are you in your house? I want to know. In my house in Sendai, cosy and warm. Oh, beautiful. Oh, lovely. How's, uh, how's today's weather been like? You know, I always talk about the weather because I'm in London and us Londoners are obsessed with weather. Uh, it's bloody cold. It's It's gone from being like nice and warm to just cold in like a week and it's horrible. Horrible. I bet it's still like 25 degrees in Tokyo as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's actually started snowing. I saw the first snow of the year uh, the last few days uh, on the mountains and I drove through some. Got to change my tyres to snow tyres in the coming days, lest my car become a nightmare to drive if I don't. You've got to get it done. You've got to get it done or you have die. You, have you, um, so do you have to replace the tyres themselves or do you just put chains on them? How, do, how does that work? You drive to a garage and uh, you put your tyres mm. in the car and just ask them to do it. And then you go and have a coffee, come back and oh. it's done. It's magic. It doesn't whoa, take too hang, long. Whoa, steady, steady. Now, I don't drive a car, but weirdly, I have changed wheels on a car. Um, can you <laughs> not just change your own wheels? You've not got a little It's little a lot crank. of effort. <laughs> come on, I, I'd probably screw it all what up. What have you got on? You're a YouTuber. Off. You make your own hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a YouTuber. I can't change tyres. I sit in a bedroom and film myself. That's the extent of my yeah, talent. Yeah, just film yourself doing it. There's content. How to change tyres on a Japanese car. How this to change a... Japanese tyres on an English car. How to change Japanese tyres in a Japanese city, etc., etc. Look, I should manage you, Chris. That's all I'm saying. I should be managing your little hustle. That is the sort of content we'd expect on your YouTube channel, to be honest, Pete. You changing tyres and all that crap that you do. Um, no, I've had a much more eventful uh, week on the Abroad Japan channel. We did have the second episode mm. of Journey Across Japan, Escape to Mount Fuji, uh, an episode filled with monkeys, hornet larvae and uh, statues. Did you watch it this time? Have you mm. seen it? Spy the trash, as, uh, <laughs> as, as Natsuki uh, mentioned at one point. It was, it was a real... Good, fun, knockabout affair. Uh, just watching you guys slam Asahis and eat hornet larvae uh, was or lava. Is it lava? Somebody tweeted us saying it's lava. Let's larvae. go with lava. 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 Hornet right, okay, larvae. Good. 
Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> Worst dish in Japan. Never again. Absolutely unpleasant as hell. Um, disappointing start there. We did go to the Jigokudani Monkey Park, the most famous monkey park mm. in all Japan in Nagano, and there were no monkeys because the monkeys were in the mountains building a treehouse for the winter months, apparently. So that was a bit annoying. Given the 40-minute climb up the mountain, disappointing. <laughs> um, they were out grabbing hornet larvae for the, uh, for the forthgoing months. Well, actually, the uh, the dish we had in our sights once we got the challenge, which to which was to try and find a strange dish in Nagano. The first one we found was mm. uh, uh, bee crackers, wasp crackers. That was it, wasp crackers. Oh yes, which I, I think we talked about, before. didn't we? And um, they're just crackers mm. with wasps in. They look quite graphic, quite unpleasant. Um, but we got to the shop where they were allegedly sold, and the woman was like. No, we don't sell those. That was for like one week, four years ago. And the media picked it up, but really they don't <laughs> exist. And we're like, oh, that's a shame. We're going to have to eat something good. And then we turned the corner and we found hornet larvae and the day got much worse. And in fact, I think I'd rather have wasp crackers than what we had in the end. Those kind of slimy, mm. as Natsuki said, bee child. <laughs> bee child. Bee child in soy sauce and honey. I mean, it didn't sound... It, it didn't sound disgusting. You just know for a fact that it would just be uh, just anything that bursts, anything that just pops. I just can't. I can't be doing with even. The, yeah, I don't it was know. like a Halloween oh. sweet, like a Halloween sort of sweet. Mm. I don't know. Um, I, I, oh yeah, yeah, terrible. But Natsuki was on good form, to be honest. He uh, he was the like he was, well, he was yeah. the heart and soul of the video. He kept pumping out weird, <laughs> funny English phrases. His English is either really good or not really good, and it was really interesting, kind of seeing that. He he uh, he said at one point in the car, we sort of said, "Where were the monkeys today, Natsuki? Why weren't they there?" And he said, "The monkeys were influenced by the coronavirus." And a, a clear, <laughs> grammatically correct sentence from Natsuki. Probably the first time I've ever heard that in eight years. It was magic. And then half an hour later, he couldn't say refrigerator. He called it a cold box. He called a spider web spider trash. Uh, and he, he's just, it's just so, his English is just very much up and down. Look, we, we've spoken before about how um, weird English is. And I think refrigerator is an unnecessary, uh, unnecessarily rather, um, strange word for non-English speakers to uh, to get their, to get their tongue and teeth round because it is it's just needlessly refrigerator. It, it's too it's needlessly complicated. I agree with Nazi. Cold box. That'll do. Cold box. Electric cold box. Cold box. Nightmare. Yeah. But That'll do. Uh, uh, it's it, it's amazing how he comes up with these things, but it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Cold mm. box. Um, yeah, of course. And then we saw these creepy statues, 800 statues in a forest, degraded, run down, put there in the late 1980s by someone who had too much money to spend. I think uh, during the 80s, the bubble economy, right? People had too much money. And uh, a local entrepreneur spent, I think it was $50 million getting these 800 statues carved and sculpted in um, in, in China, shipped to Toyama and just stuck in a field. And I think it might have been a tax expense, some sort of tax write-off, but it's a really creepy place. Did you get the kind of vibe in the video? Did you kind of experience it and kind of feel how creepy <laughs> it was? I just enjoyed the fact that you, you arrived way too late and you had to use Tokyo Lenses footage of the daytime. That's, <laughs> that was the spookiest part of it, you guys. But yeah, it was it was absolutely horrendous. And seeing like some of... It's the smiles, I think, on the statues that are mm. the most problematic and the most worrying. It's, it's oh, jeez, horrible. They were very unpleasant. And their eyes, they kind of, their eyes shone in the darkness in a really mm. odd way. They were like painted on with some sort of translucent paint. Um, 
horrendous, yeah. really quite unpleasant, but a good video overall. And uh, if you haven't yet seen it, guys, go and check it out. It's called I Tried the Worst Food in Japan. I don't like that title. It's a bit of a twatty YouTuber <laughs> clickbait title, but I couldn't think of what else to call it. What would you have called it, Pete? I saw a statue in a um, field. Spider trash. Yeah. Sp- <laughs> Spider trash bee larvae. I <laughs> ate bee kids. I ate bee child. Child of bee, mm. whatever that's called it. Yeah. Oh, man. But a good trip. And it was sad to see Natsuki leave, to be honest. He was, he's been a lot of fun. Certainly, when we do the next season of Journey Across Japan uh, next year, we'll have to get Natsuki on for the whole week, to be honest, because he was mm. my highlight. And I think most of the comments were like, wow, Natsuki's funny. So we'll have to get him back. Um, now, I think I think as soon I think as soon as uh, Natsuki figures out how to use a DSLR, um, the world of YouTube better bloody watch out. <laughs> yeah, the Abroad Japan channel will lose its shining star. <laughs> oh, I love I love like the smoky effect he's got on the lens. It must be like a After Effects filter or something. Nope. Just Natsuki smoking <laughs> while he's filming. It's not a missed filter. It's just Natsuki's dreadful, no. dreadful habit and addiction. Um, <laughs> right then, story of the week. We had an interesting story this week from Andrew involving uh, a celebrity in Hokkaido. And it begins, hello, Chris Ooh. and Pete from abroad in Japan. And, oh, no, actually, hi, it just says, hello, Chris from abroad in Japan. And hi to the other gentleman who looks a bit like an NPC from a Fallout game. An, an NPC from a Fallout game. That's, is that a compliment? Definitely is, Pete. Um, have you played Fallout? No, it fucking isn't, Chris. <laughs> I'm furious. <laughs> An NPC for a Fallout game. That's that's my favourite. Yeah. Lock him in a vault tech vault. <laughs> uh, Andrew says, I have a good story that my dad told me from when we were in Japan. I was born in Japan. Before that, my dad was living in Japan as a missionary in the 70s and 80s. Uh, it was 1972, and on a winter train in Hokkaido, my dad was travelling between Sapporo and Kit. Kitami, uh, and he spied another foreigner on the train. Apparently, back then, seeing another foreigner in a, tra- in a train in Japan was extremely rare. His name was Steve, and he was in Japan for a TV company doing a documentary on Hokkaido. My dad invited him home to where he and my mum lived in Kitami and uh, stayed with them for a week. They became quite good friends, exchanging letters and gifts over a few years. My dad, being a missionary, did try to convert him to Christianity, but Steve politely declined, saying that he was, in fact, Jewish. Uh, eventually they lost contact. <laughs> I was born uh, and it was the mid-1980s before I heard about Steve. Uh, I distinctly remember we had just come back from a movie when my dad, who was looking a bit befuddled, went to his room and brought out a box of letters he and Steve had exchanged. The movie we had just gone to see was, just gone to see was The Goonies and the name on the letters was Steven Spielberg. Apparently, before shooting Jaws, Steven Spielberg was a documentary filmmaker who, amongst other things, did a documentary of some description in Japan. Despite my insistence that they reconnect, my dad refused to contact Steven Spielberg and they never talked to each other again. Anyway, Aww. hope you enjoyed that. Love the podcast, guys. All the best. Cheers, Andrew. Um, what do you make of that, Pete? Was it really Steven Spielberg? Sounds like it was. I mean, it's a very good... I mean, yeah, it definitely sounds like it was. And I think, um, Andrew, if, if your dad is still with us, I mean, that's that's a little project, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> reunite Steve, reunite um, uh, Steve <laughs> and Andrew's dad. Fantastic! Let's make it happen. Let's make let's... one last make one last play to convert um, Jewish Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> Should make a video, uh, a broad Japan video, get finding Spielberg and bringing him back to Hokkaido. That'd be great. Uh, I had a, a friend of mine wonderful. in London was walking through Notting Hill a few years ago, and he just turned the corner, and Steven Spielberg was there, just walking around. Mm. 
don't think they spoke. Just, oh, well. He was there. He's everywhere, old Steven Spielberg, in the streets of London, he in is. the trains of Hokkaido. <laughs> Fine Spielberg. I was at an IMAX a few months ago. What was I watching? Was it Ready Player One? Would have been Ready Player One. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he just walked out and just went, thank you all for coming to see my film. I was like, oh, <laughs> it's Steven Spielberg. <laughs> You'd never interviewed him amongst your many celebrities that you've uh, you've interviewed? You never met I him? I don't think he does a lot of... Uh, I, I think he's too busy for that kind of caper. You get to a certain level and you just stop being interviewed by absolute tramps like me. I'm still at the Ron <laughs> Howard level. <laughs> he's Steven Spielberg. He's Steven Spielberg. Um, Steven <laughs> Spielberg aside, I saw a... Uh, a sad article this week, um, News of the Week. Mm. Japan's love hotels are accused of anti-gay discrimination. It's a news article in The Guardian, but I must admit, I don't know why it suddenly popped up now, because this is something that I've known for years and uh, have experienced myself. I once tried to go. I think the first time I went to a Japanese love hotel, I went in with my friend Regan, Regan the Vegan. It's clever because it rhymes. Mm. And he and I tried to get in, and the woman, to, to make a video, we weren't doing anything else. We weren't doing anything else. Don't speculate. Um, so you go. So trying, you to make, trying to make a video. <laughs> and the woman was like, the entrance was like, no, 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 you can't go away. And we tried about three or four love hotels in Osaka to try and go in and film. And they weren't having it. Um, and in May this year, like uh, a, a two gay men living together in Amagasaki, Western Japan, thought they would try and go into one. Um, but apparently the receptionist politely said, no, men aren't allowed. Uh, they tried another love hotel. And if they were given the answer that apparently gay men can't come in because they don't use the facilities properly, the female receptionist told them. Um, they don't oh, use the facilities I mean, properly. Like, do, do they um, redesign it to make it look less trashy? <laughs> <laughs> they've got amazing taste usually. So, oh, they've redesigned the Love Hotel to make it look classy. <laughs> it just... We don't like that sort of thing in our Love Hotel. We are absolute nonsense. <laughs> have you, I mean, have you been inside Love Hotel yourself? Ever? Um, no, I haven't. Because <gasps> um, I've never been with a partner. Um, well, I mean, you uh, can... I've just got no reason to be. But yeah, I guess you one. can do a solo. I guess you could sort of, yeah, so you pop in yourself, I guess. But no, it's, yeah, it's it's a bit of a shame, isn't it? Bit of a shame. Well, you often, when you come to Japan, you often stay in Shibuya in the love hotel districts, like the biggest in Japan. Mm. And you never been tempted to just do the one hour, two hour stay for like 2,000 yen, go in. Sit in the jacuzzi. It just seems like sex. It's just sex. It's sex not people. Sex, sex people, Lynn. Sex people. Sex people. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> but I mean, a lot of um, it's, you know yeah. businessmen just go in for a nap for a two-hour nap. Mm. And, and yet they won't allow gay couples in. It just seems absolutely bizarre. It's absolutely perverse. It's uh, yeah, it's it's not right. And and just uh, another um, another display of of Japan's uh, complete lack of tolerance for, for for anything. Really, it seems. Well, I mean, LGBT rights have been getting better in Japan in recent years, but it's still the only G7 country that doesn't recognise same-sex marriage. Same-sex marriage, um, and I, you know, this love hotel rule seems rather odd, really, doesn't it? Especially now, love hotels have actually been getting quite desperate in recent years because less and less mm. people are going because the population is dropping, um, and it's increasingly difficult to open a love hotel. But what they have done. Um, in the last couple of years, is trying to attract tourists, right? And what you find is um, love hotels have been revamping their interiors. If you go on booking.com and go and try and look for a property or a, kind of a hotel room in Shibuya or Osaka, mm. more often than not, a love hotel will come up. And it's really interesting. I can identify a love hotel by the interior. It's got this, usually it's oh, got yeah. this very tacky, unpleasant, gaudy design from the 80s. It's very clinical and 
and but most tourists won't be none the wiser i think once they book it uh, until they're like oh, walking I, through the in... love hotel district and they're like wait a minute this doesn't look like a hotel why is there like weird I've, I've, cartoonish I've... <laughs> exteriors <laughs> i've stayed in uh, one in korea um which i believe i think it was a love hotel it certainly seemed to make sense that it was a love hotel because it was um we got in and it was very sort of playfully sort of designed. And when I got into the actual room, um, the bathroom had like a big clear glass kind of wall so you could watch people um, having a shower and also That's... And also in a bed. And, and it had two gaming, it had two um, PCs in the, in the room for some reason. It had two individual gaming PCs um, with a load of erotic um, films, uh, like uh, pirated uh, films. On the hard drive. That's interesting. I think I stayed in one actually. When I, I I've been to South Korea once. Um, I think either mm. a few weeks or before or after you went right two years ago, and I stayed mm. in a place that was clearly a converted love hotel, and it sounds very similar mm. to the one you described. Where did you stay in South Korea? In Seoul? Oh, God, in the I, district. I, I cannot remember. Yeah, I cannot even remember the district. Um, but Itaewon probably. But it, it, it was. Uh, I was at the airport. I forget. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it, it, I just remember it being um, clearly um, some kind of funny, weird hotel. But it was the two gaming PCs that I couldn't mm. figure out. Very weird. I guess. I mean, because the dwindling numbers, they've had no choice really. Um, what, mm. One interesting statistic is um, because of these kind of because they're making over, like these love hotels are making over their buildings for international tourists. As a result, mm. the number of hotels with an overtly sexual theme has dwindled to less than 10,000 <laughs> in recent years compared right. to 30,000 20, uh, 20 years ago. Um, and it's estimated that 1.4 million Japanese people visit a love hotel every single day. Um, and it generates between... Uh, fourteen to twenty billion pounds a year for the uh, for the economy. Absolutely staggering, really. Uh, One point four million people a day. Is that right? That sounds insane. I mean, the population. Well, there are a lot. I mean, there are a lot of them in every single city, isn't aren't there? And, and it it just seems bizarre that in in twenty twenty, just on a just on a pure business decision, uh, that uh, the, the the properties and business owners uh, would would take a stand in this way. It just seems baffling you know if you're a business owner you must be kind of like open to ideas that 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 that, that may not kind of tally with your own personal religious or, or or you know whatever you think about how the world should work and just sort of go look mm. on a purely business decision um you know gay people it's it there are a huge amount of gay people there are a huge uh, there is a lack of opportunities for for people to um to to do have sexual contact in their own homes and stuff it seems baffling that it's just not a purely business decision that, that, that they would not make uh, that, that they would be exclusionary um but it's just again it's just it's just indicative of a very you know just people raging against the fucking dying of the light it's 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 sad man i'm i'm um I'm, yeah it's just sad in 2020 it's just sad it's sad. It's just it's sad. Stupid. It's the first podcast of the day, Chris. I can I can barely, uh, yeah, I can barely even at two o'clock in the afternoon. I can barely kind of like build a cohesive argument or or, or cohesive <laughs> kind of reaction to just people being pricks. <laughs> and I certainly can't do it at half past eight in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to give you some more statistics, the uh, Japan's first openly gay MP, Tiger Ishikawa. Tiger Ishikawa. That's a cool name, isn't it? Tiger. Mm. I want that name. Um, he estimates that of the 143 love hotels in his ward in Tokyo, where he he kind of works, mm. that uh, 30 of them 
refuse entry to same-sex couples. So that gives you uh, a sense of scale. So you can, you know, they, are, they do still exist, but it must be a bit awkward uh, just going in these couples, gay couples, not knowing whether or not they're going to successfully succeed to get in, um, mm. which I experienced when I went in with Regan, even though, mm. again, we weren't doing anything. We were filming me in a cage. It was just you made a love normal, in the street. It's fine. Normal it's afternoon. Absolutely fine. In a sex cage, and you can watch that. That was my first Love Hotel <laughs> video. You can see it all yeah. there. Always very popular. Yeah, it, was, it always does well, that cage. I think that Love Hotel's gone <laughs> as well. I, I've stayed in some pretty That's quirky it. Love Hotels in, in my time, and um, always in Orsaka. Orsaka's got some of the craziest. I remember one of them, I had like a pool table, and another one had a massive arcade Ooh. machine. One of them had a karaoke <laughs> booth. Another one had a... Lovely like a little swimming pool. I say swimming pool, like a gigantic bath. Um, they're fun. I, I think love hotels are fun. I don't really stay in them ever, but mm. I used to, and they are fun. If you come in Japan, you got to do it. you got to try it at least once. One night in a love yeah. hotel, it'll be fun. But just make sure you get one a good night. one. night. <laughs> make sure yeah, you get I mean, don't get the cheapest one. Go for like one yeah. that's clearly got weird shit in there. Like exactly. concept rooms, exactly. stuff like that. Concept rooms, uh, like the one I went to uh, last year. We had the monkey bars. We had the maze. There was like a a little mm. hole where you had to sort of go through the hole to get to the toilet. I'm not so not so sure. I like that one. Um, there was one with a bull pit. I saw there was one with a teddy bear Love cave. It. You know, go for a good one. It's not often you get to stay anywhere with this kind of uh, these kind of settings. Um, Mm. In related news, uh, and to offset the the sad news of uh, Japan's love hotels being discriminatory assholes, uh, apparently Japan's helping to cover IVF costs in an attempt to avert the demographic crisis. Now, obviously, it's well known that uh, people in Japan aren't having as many kids as they should be. Um, currently, the population is 126 million, but it's forecast to drop to 100 million by 2053 and just over 88 million by 2065. Uh, phenomenal drop, um, just because people aren't having kids. Um, I think mm. the Japan's fertility rate at the moment, the average number of children a woman has during a lifetime, stands at about 1.36 uh, currently, when it needs to be uh, 2.1 to keep the population stable. I've always wondered what that means. 2.1 children. You've got to have 2.1 children to keep the population up. Can't we just have two? 2.1. Or mm. oh, just 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 have one normal sized baby and one slightly larger. <laughs> but have Perfect. that second. Let's make that very clear, ladies. <laughs> Population crisis. Don't get that averted. the wrong way around. But um, <laughs> so the old the the old uh, the good old prime minister Yoshihide Suga, he's trying to um, make IVF available kind of on the health service so people can do it for free. It's not mm. a cheap thing to do IVF. It can cost tens of thousands of dollars. Um, but they're looking to... Um, and, it's, and, it, and it really... It, it, uh, anybody who... Uh, you know, I know a few people who, who, who've done mm. it and it's obviously so popular uh, right now because obviously people have a lot, a lot, lot more... Um, a lot more trouble uh, conceiving, or, or, or they certainly mm. um, see that as an avenue that that, um, that that that's open to them. And uh, the the toll it takes on someone's body, and the things you have to do to 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 do IVF, it's not, you know, you don't take a tablet or take or, or, or just syringe yourself. It's it's a it's a really hardcore uh, thing to go through, and it's it's, it's difficult, man. It's, it's horrible. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I'm not an expert on it. I know it's pretty traumatic and uh, not mm. it's, it takes its toll, but. Um, 
I think it's a nice step in the right direction that uh, the Japanese government is looking at uh, offering. I think it's offering reimbursements of 1 million yen to couples with a combined income of less than 7 million yen a year. And so that's, if you're a couple earning $70,000, you're going to get a million, you're going to get $10,000 to help you Mm. with the treatment. I think it's a great step in the right direction. Uh, And in 2018, a record 57,000 babies, or one in 16 were born using the IVF process. So it's... uh, Oh, it's, it's amazing. It's a step in the right direction there. So some good speaking news of, um, and bad news in the world of... Speaking of <laughs> in vitro fertilization, um, uh, the, uh, obviously the premiere of uh, Japan, uh, Suga, um, did you see that uh, the uh, Korean pop star BTS's Suga uh, has hurt his, his shoulder? I think he's had an operation on his shoulder. So um, I am saying, because the premiere of, of Japan is, uh, as discussed, a big muscle man... Uh, um, Ab he is. monster. I think he should replace BTS's sugar, sugar rather, <laughs> uh, in in the promotional activities they've got for the album because he's already ripped. They wouldn't even have changed the security cards. He is ripped with his two hundred press ups every morning. I, I love the way yeah, every every only. week we talk about how fit Japanese Prime Minister Yoshihide Suga is. How old is he again? He's like seventy five or something. And he goes. He wakes up He's every. <laughs> he wakes up at five a.m. every morning. He's seventy-one. Wakes up at like five a.m. allegedly and does like two hundred press-ups. Um, I think it might be fifty press-ups. But what I've noticed in every week when we talk about him, I, I incrementally increase the number of press-ups he does, just because I forget the number. <laughs> so I have to go back and yeah. reset. But uh, I agree. Get him on BTS. It's the position he deserves. Get him out. Damn straight. Good PR. Damn Good PR straight. for the new prime minister. 
So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. WrestleMe is a show where two men watch every WrestleMania from 1 to 37, unpicking the multicolored threads that tie it all together. I think it's slightly something to do with the fact that Americans don't really like cell phones, do they? Right. I think they've all got basic ones, <laughs> basically. <laughs> That's a big shout. It is a big shout, but I mean, there is something funny about it, like text messaging never took off in the States. What? I'm, come on now. Never been big. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you're a lapsed fan or someone who doesn't give a flying laureate about it, there's something for everyone. If you can get a crowd to boo you for kicking a fabulous ladder. Fabulous ladder. And the crowd are booing. Yeah. I get just, off that lovely ladder we've just learned about. It's a beautiful polysexual ladder. It's a, it's a beautiful Hyundai shabby chic creation. If you climb up to it, ecstasy can be found at the top. <laughs> Listen via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your pods. Wrestle Me is a Stakhanov production. Uh, and now we turn our attention to the fax machine. What do we got this week, Mr. Dawson? In the fax machine. We have got a uh, fax from... Who have we got here? My name is Kieran. Hi, Kieran. <coughs> and I've been a fan of your videos and podcasts for a few years and enjoy the content you guys do. The last podcast you guys uh, did was discussing the sad passing of Sean Connery, the greatest Bond ever. You only live twice. It's one of my top three favourite Bond films. Only losing two from Russia with love and Goldfinger. My question to you, Chris, is that I noticed in one of your Journey Across Japan videos uh, that you actually have been to the location where the Bond film was filmed. And uh, in the background, in the distance behind you, was the beautiful Himeji Castle. I wanted to know, did you ever go inside Himeji Castle? And is it somewhere that allows tourists to see? Is it one of those beautiful buildings I've ever seen? And I would love to go to there someday. I love everything that you guys do. Keep the good work and all the best. P.S. Uh, some might know, uh, some might not know, uh, the children's author, Roald Dahl, also wrote the uh, screenplay for You Only Live Twice. Kieran from Portsmouth in the UK. Interesting. He did, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, that's why it's such a good film. That's why, <laughs> that's why it's so great. Um, I... Yeah. You know what? I didn't go in Himeji Castle, and I, I certainly went outside it and I admired it. To be honest, I find I've, I've gone inside about a dozen Japanese castles over the years, and I always find they're best mm. enjoyed from the exterior because they look magnificent. And then you get inside, and there's like lifts and elevators everywhere. Particular, I'm thinking Osaka <laughs> Castle. That's a real letdown. That one. There's right. no historic value, but you get a good view from the rooftop of that one. My favourite castle is Matsuyama Castle because you've got the Best view of the city. It's on a mountain in the centre of the town and uh, magnificent. But no, I didn't go in Himeji Castle. And I love the way, in You Only Live Twice, how Himeji Castle is a ninja training school. Like Bond's Japanese equivalent, Tanaka, is like, this is my ninja training school. And there's like 100 ninjas just training. <laughs> it's like, is this a little bit yeah. over the top? Yes, it is, but I'm going to go with it anyway. Uh, and the ninjas do indeed save the day later on when they storm the baddies, the villain's volcano in Kagoshima, like you do. Uh, but no, I haven't gone in. I'll have to go in because I feel I a have. sense of guilt. Oh, have you now? And how was it? Yeah, you have. Oh, it was lifts and that, loads of lifts. <laughs> it, was, it was quite nice. It was out of all of the li like little castles I've been in. Obviously, it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site, I believe. Uh, and it's, yeah, very beautiful. I quite like that when you get off the train at Himeji, um, the, the the whole kind of like street is just kind of focused towards this one 
beacon, this one white shining beacon, which is Hermegi Castle. And it's uh, it was it was a lovely little day trip for me and my mate Craig. Wonderful, wonderful. I mm. yeah, I'll have to go back. I'll have to see it to be honest because uh, its reputation precedes itself, and the, the exterior. It's certainly the most visually striking and impressive castle in Japan, no doubt about mm. that. The white kind of exterior, beautiful, beautifully preserved. Um, and of course, it, set, it uh, survived being bombed in World War II. I think a bomb dropped on it, but it didn't go off, thank God. So, happy ending there. Yeah. Um, got one from Sean from Seattle. It says, Dear Chris and Pete, just saw the latest Journey Across Japan video and had my Momokawa Sake burst out of my nose laughing at Natsuki eating the larvae. Why didn't Joey eat them? And also, Pete, what's your favorite food? Sorry, what's your least favorite food in Japan? Oh. Thank you so much for what you do. All the best. Sean from Seattle. Um, I, what I will say is Joey did eat the uh, hornet larvae, but... He liked it, and his response was very underwhelming. He was like, oh, this isn't that bad. <laughs> uh, whereas Natsuki was like physically <laughs> sick, and I was nearly physically sick. I don't know what Joe was doing, but like it kind of I, – I, I took it out just because I didn't want it to look like uh, – Joe was the first person to eat it, actually. And I didn't want everyone to be underwhelmed. I didn't want people to mm. think that Natsuki and I were playing it up. It was genuinely really unpleasant, the sort of aftertaste, this bitter aftertaste. Um, I don't know how he enjoyed judge. it. Let us judge, Chris. Do not bring your fake news about Joy the Anime Man's <laughs> love for or hatred <laughs> for any particular food. We will judge it on its merits. All right, brother? Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, you can bloody try mm. it next time I see you. I'll bring you some Delicious. next time we cross paths, Pete. You'll be eating some <laughs> hornet larvae. Mark my words. Um, what's your least favourite food then? Least favourite Japanese food? Oh, I um, bought some cheese from 7-Eleven it was in a wheel of cheese um like 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 you know where you get individually wrapped um kind of um cheese fractions of uh brie you know like a, a cheese wheel um, yeah. and they're individually wrapped in a little pack and, and and a little bit like dairyly uh for those of us in the uk um brought that home munched into it just opened a, opened a little packet started eating it it was butter um so <laughs> you know the the individually wrapped pats of butter oh. are very much my least favorite <laughs> that's horrendous absolutely horrendous yeah it's pretty rank pretty rank good god uh we've got one good god. rick from leeds this is hi chris and pete christmas is finally within touching distance it'll be here before we know it simple question what do you guys want for christmas this year uh and no as much as I enjoy you both, it's not because I want to buy you anything. I'm just a curious, curious man. Love the podcast, guys. All the best. Rick from Leeds. God damn it, Rick. Got excited then. I thought Christmas had come early. I thought we were going to get presents. Um, I know what I'm getting Pete Donaldson. I'm going to get him some bloody hornet larvae. Giving it all that. Yeah. Sandy can eat it. You thought butter in a bag. You thought a bloody piece of butter was bad. Wait until you try some hornet larvae. Uh, what do you want for Christmas, Pete? What are you going to get? I'll have a COVID-19 vaccine, please. Hey. <laughs> I'd very much like that. I'd like, uh, yeah, you j I'd, I'd like uh, a Japanese visa so I can visit. A Japanese visa. <laughs> we could probably get you one. I don't know how, or we could try. I'll, 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 I can pull some strings. I have get no down, strings. Get down, get, no down strings. Your, get, down, get down your local post office and, you know. <laughs> That's how you get a visa in Japan. Down your local yeah. post office. No, yeah, for Christmas. Extraordinary talents of Pete Donaldson. Japan needs me. For Christmas, <laughs> I don't really know what I want, to be honest. I, I've got to try and conjure up a nice sort of Christmas dinner while I'm in Japan. Because typically I come home for Christmas, mm. right? And I love Christmas, favourite time of year. Uh, I don't really like being in Japan for Christmas. And for, yeah, I all I want is a good, decent dinner 
um, that's kind of like what I have back home, like roast potatoes, turkey, stuffing. Got to try and seek out a place that does turkey, and that's going to be a monumental undertaking. So if any of you guys know (laughs) where you get turkey in Japan, let us know. At abroadjapanpodcast at gmail.com. Keep your stories, comments, questions coming into that address. But for now, guys, as always, many thanks for joining us here on the Abroad Japan Podcast. We'll be back to do it all over again on Sunday, but for now, enjoy the rest of your week, and uh, we'll see you then. Have a good one. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.